your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 452 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Thank you guys so much for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers, just a couple of minutes ago, actually wrapped up what can only be described as an absolutely wild win north of the border in Toronto against a very, very talented Maple Leafs team. I know a lot of people like to rag on them for their lack of playoff success over the past couple of seasons here with you know such a star-studded roster. you think they could get past the first round. They can't. Uh, but be that as it may, this is still a tremendously talented team and a team that, let's just call it like it is, thoroughly dominated the Rangers in this game tonight. I don't think the Rangers had any business winning this game. Again, I just got to be honest here. I got to call it like I see it. But it was a game that once again turned in to the Igor Shesterkin show. He's absolutely sensational. Just standing on his head basically from the start of the game all the way to the finish. Uh, the overtime period was absolutely wild. Igor, despite obviously you know being the main reason that the Rangers were even in the overtime period, he saved a lot of his best saves in this game for OT. Uh, just wild chances up and down the ice. In fact, we might as well go ahead and start with, uh, you know, the overtime period. I don't want to bury the lead here. I mean, you could argue that the lead is Igor Shesterkin, but I already mentioned him, and we'll get into some greater detail about some of the better saves that he made on this night. Again, absolutely just fantastic. One of those games that, once again, I do not have to check to know that Igor Shesterkin was the first star of this game. And as I tweeted out, you know, I was only half joking. I said that, um, you know, Igor Shesterkin should be the first, second, and third stars of this game because uh, you could pretty much start and end with Igor Shesterkin as far as the reasons why the Rangers won this game tonight. Absolutely stole it. I don't know if it's a formula that's sustainable for the Rangers going forward. We'll get into that in greater detail, uh, like I just mentioned. But I did want to, uh, like I said, start with the overtime here, start with all the heroics that happened and just all the craziness back and forth up and down the ice, just wide open hockey. I mean, it's three on three. So obviously, you know, it tends to be kind of wide open to begin with. And my notes for the overtime are just a complete mess. I'm trying to remember everything that happened, but everything was happening so fast and, you know, so it was so much chaos, you know, it was faster than you could even process what was happening, much less actually take notes on it. Uh, there were a couple of different plays. Jacob Truba, you know, we mentioned in the game against the Montreal Canadiens, I thought he was the lone man back on a 2-1-1, and I thought he kind of misplayed it a little bit. I thought that he should have taken the guy that had the puck because the other guy that was entering the zone for the Canadians uh, was trailing the play, and I don't think a pass was really an option, and Truba didn't go, get over there in time, and the guy with the puck, you know, ends up scoring, and, uh, you know, I didn't think Truba played that as well as he could, but he made a fantastic play in this overtime here. You had Matthews, who was absolutely on fire all night. Uh, he went hard to the net, and Truba basically just cut him off, bodied him, steered him out of there, did not allow him to get a shot off, so big, big play there by Jacob Truba. We had the Rangers just seconds after this, almost winning it. You had Lafreniere with 
with a pass to his right to Chris Kreider. Kreider dishes back to his left to Truba, and I believe Truba was not quite able to get a shot off. It, it was kind of laying there on the doorstep. He was there, had a shot at it, could not stuff at home. And then uh, Nylander goes in for the Maple Leafs. Nylander and Matthews were absolutely both on fire for Toronto in this game. I think that if Igor had not been as good as he was, you could have seen both of those guys score multiple goals on this night. Maybe even one of them ends up getting a hat trick. I mean, the Rangers legitimately could have lost this game 5-1 to one or 6-1 to one had it not been for the stellar play of Igor Shesterkin. And it's not to say that the Rangers were downright horrendous for 60 minutes. I don't want to go that far, but they were soundly, soundly outplayed in this game. And uh, again, Igor Shesterkin cannot say enough for the job that he did in this game and also in this overtime period. He stopped Matthews on a wraparound and then... Uh, you had Igor Shesterkin about 20 feet out of his crease, kicking out his left pad to make the save. And after he does this, you know, he gives up the rebound and he still has to get back into his net. So he's still skating backward, trying to get back to where he needs to go. Uh, the save where he was 20 feet out of his net was, I believe, on Matthews. And then there was, a, you know, the rebound off of the save that Igor made. The puck ends up being moved back to Matthews and Igor's back in his crease, but Matthews is moving in full head of steam and Igor stones him again. Again, just you cannot say enough about the job that he did in this one. I know I keep repeating myself, but as I tweeted tonight, pretty soon I'm going to be running out of superlatives. I'm going to be running out of adjectives to describe the play of Igor Shesterkin. And I realize we're only four games into the season. Igor Shesterkin has only played in three of those games, but I mean, he is looking like an elite goalie in this league. And I don't want to jump the gun here because it is a small sample size, but I think you're all starting to see, and not that he hasn't shown this in the past, because Igor Shesterkin has played very well ever since he's been in the NHL, but you are starting to see Igor Shesterkin. This could be the very start. This could be the very start of Igor Shesterkin becoming a truly, truly elite goaltender in this league. We will keep our fingers crossed that that's the case, and it could not possibly be coming at a better time for this New York Ranger team because they're scuffling offensively. I mean, let's just call it like it is before Panarin scored in overtime here. He had not scored a goal this season. Uh, he should have a lot more assists than he does because there have been some instances where he's passed and guys have put the puck off the post or they've just kind of shanked their shot, whatever it might be. Uh, Mika Zibanejad, I believe now has, you know, two or three assists, but Mika's still looking for his first goal this season. So, you know, the Rangers, they're down Capocacco, they're down Ryan Strom. If there's ever a time for Igor Shesterkin to truly stand on his head, and again, not that he's never done this before, but this, you could argue, is the best that we've seen Igor Shesterkin play since he's come into the NHL. When you take uh, the total results of all of these last three games here, and especially tonight, and especially the last two games, he's gotten better and better in every single game that's gone by, and tonight was uh, his masterpiece so far this season, and Igor Shesterkin stealing two consecutive games, two consecutive wins for the New York Rangers. And for a team that was, you know, really kind of scuffling early in the season and all the drama with Vitaly Krasov and not picking a captain and, you know, the disappointment on opening night, a couple of questionable lineup decisions, all of a sudden, hey, the Rangers win two in a row. You start to feel quite a bit better, even though there are a lot of things that they can still improve upon. You do start to feel a little bit better. And bottom line, by hook or by crook, however they've pulled this off, however, they, however they've done it, the Rangers now have gotten five out of a possible eight points four games into the season. That's not too shabby, and you can certainly live with that, uh, again, especially considering the fact that they are down Capo Caco and Ryan Strom, two very, very important players for this team. Uh, but we will continue talking about this, continue breaking down everything that happened in just a second here. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. We are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, 
and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, so once again, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so I want to take a quick minute. I mean, we spent a good chunk of this episode waxing poetic about Igor Shosturkin. I'm sure we're not done with that yet either, but I did want to talk a little bit about the Ranger line combinations and, well, not really so much the defense pairings because it's the same six that they've been rolling with ever since uh, the second game of the season. Lingrid Fox, Miller, Truba, Nemeth, and Lundqvist. You guys know the drill by now. But the line combinations, you know, again, there's um, a couple of guys out of the lineup right now. No Capo Caco and no Ryan Strom. And so the Rangers have to be a little bit creative here as far as how they want to line up night in and night out. And what they ended up doing They got it kind of close to what I pitched the other day. Um, The top line, you had Mika Zibanejad centering Alexi Lafreniere and Chris Kreider. Uh, The second line, you had Philip Hedl centering Artemi Panarin and Barclay Goodrow on the right wing. I pitched the idea of putting Julian Gauthier on the right wing just because I think he has a little bit more scoring upside, and I like the idea of this just kind of being a sink or swim kind of an opportunity for Julian Gauthier because sooner or later, the Rangers have to find out for sure what they have, and if he can't produce on the Panarin line, then I think you start to kind of lose hope that this guy's ever going to be you know, a stellar NHL regular. But the Rangers didn't do that. They go with Barclay Goodrow on the second line, Julian Gauthier on the third line. The rest of the third line was Kevin Rooney at center and Sammy Blay at left wing, and I'm completely fine with that. I mean, I get the feeling that you know, in a situation like this, obviously they're missing some players. Gerard Gallant probably just trusts the veterans. You know, Barclay Goodrow, just a very steady, very consistent player. And he wanted that on the second line more than just, you know, kind of the high ceiling, low floor kind of player that Julian Gauthier could be. He wanted somebody who's a little bit more responsible, especially given that they were going to be getting top six minutes. So I completely understand uh, going with Goodrow instead of Gauthier, uh, even though I pitched it the other way around. And then the fourth line, you had Greg McKaig centering Dryden Hunt and Ryan Reeves. There's nothing wrong with this on the surface, but the one thing about this that does make your eyebrows go up a little bit is that the Rangers recalled Morgan Barron from the Hartford Wolfpack. Barron had scored two goals in the first two Hartford Wolfpack games this season, and I had the feeling that he was going to be out there in this lineup. The only reason that I can come up with for him not making his debut tonight is the simple fact that the Rangers won their most recent game against the Montreal Canadiens, and a lot of times when a team wins, 
the coach doesn't really want to mess with the lineup too much. So I understand it to a degree. But again, you know, you're, you're struggling for goals. They struggled for goals again tonight. They only got one goal in the 60 minutes of regulation time and not a whole ton of scoring opportunities. I mean, a couple here and there, but as we've documented, the Rangers were vastly outplayed, outchanced. They were killed on the faceoff circle, pretty much everything. Every way that a team could be outplayed, with the exception of your goalie play, uh, the Rangers had that happen to them tonight. And so, you know, this is a long way of saying that I think that it's a good idea to get Morgan Barron into the lineup, even if it's at the expense of, you know, a Greg McKay or a Dryden Hunt or whoever has to come out simply because you are struggling to score goals and maybe Morgan Barron can help you a little bit in that department. Call me crazy. I don't see a big time offensive night coming from Dryden Hunt or Greg McKaig or probably even Kevin Rooney or Ryan Reeves. Uh, I do. I will say this, though. I, I thought Kevin Rooney had a really good game while I just mentioned him. And I do like the fact that in this game tonight, they went with Rooney on the third line and McKaig on the fourth line. I just think that Rooney is the better all-around player. And again, if somebody's going to chip in offensively, I think it's going to be Rooney. He's, it's got a better chance of happening for him than it does for Greg McKaig. So I like that move there. And I should also mention that Capo Caco has been placed on the IR, which means he is out for a minimum of seven days. Gerard Gallant and the Rangers sound optimistic that it will only be about seven days. So, I mean, maybe he only ends up missing this next game. The Rangers play on Thursday in Nashville, 8 p.m. puck drop there. So Caco should be out for that one. Uh, but it sounds like he will be eligible to return when the Rangers play the Senators on Saturday at 1 p.m. So uh, fingers crossed that Capo Caco can get back out there. Obviously, the Rangers do need more offensive fire power as we were just discussing. Gonna keep talking about this game in just a second, but first I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could possibly need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com and I haven't really been doing a whole lot of play-by-play -play on here. You know, I think a lot of you guys probably watch the games and all that good stuff. And I think it's more fun to just come on here and talk about, you know, certain things that I picked up on, certain ongoing storylines with the team. But I do want to walk everybody through our Timmy Panarin's game-winning goal. He obviously picks a heck of a time to get his first goal of the season here. The Rangers have an offensive zone draw, and this is after you know, an overtime period. We're more than three minutes into the overtime now. In fact, let's just find out exactly how much time. Yeah, 3.48 into the overtime, so barely over a minute remaining. And offensive zone draw for the Rangers. Mika Zibanejad is out there. The Rangers got absolutely murdered in the face-off circle in this game. The Leafs ended up winning 76% of the draws. And as I tweeted in this game, I am used to seeing the Rangers lose the face-off battle. But my God, this, this took it to whole new levels. And honestly, 76% doesn't even tell us the whole story. Uh, you would think it would, but it's incredible how many of that 76 percentage for the Maple Leafs, how many of those face-off wins were just clean as a sheet, just, you know, the puck drops and it's immediately one 
clean back to the defenseman and, you know, the Leafs are in business either, you know, set up in the Rangers zone or, you know, defending in their own zone, whatever it might be. But not here, not in the overtime period. Mika Zibanejad, who struggled just like every single player on the New York Rangers struggled in the face-off circle. He finally wins one here. In fact, yes, Mika Zibanejad won 29% of his face-offs in this game, which was the best for any player on the Rangers. That tells you everything you need to know. But he wins this face-off. The puck is like behind the Toronto Maple Leaf centerman, and it deflects off of one of the Maple Leafs and then deflects off of Panarin and then Mika gets it back to Panarin and Panarin basically just lets it fly and he scores, beats Jack Campbell clean and gives the Rangers once again an improbable 2-1 to win, a win that, I mean, we have to be honest here, guys. I, I'm always glass half full and I'm always positive on here whenever I can be, but we have to be honest. The Rangers did not deserve to win this game, but you know, by that same token, and it's something that I mentioned in the Locked On Now video that is about to be posted in about two seconds here, is that, you know, good teams, they do find a way to get the job done. They find a way to win games, even when they're not at their best, even when certain players are missing for the, from the lineup. Whatever adversity they might be facing, they find a way to get it done. And despite, once again, being vastly outplayed in this game, outshot 41-23, to 23, there was a stat where, you know, not shots on goal, but shots attempted going into the third period in this game was in favor of the Maple Leafs by a count of 50 to 22. So, I mean, again, just absolutely dominated in just about every facet of the game, except for the goaltending position, but they hang in there, and they find a way to get it done. They bend, but they do not break. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what else can you say? Just, just a crazy, crazy night in Toronto, crazy, crazy game, but the Rangers do find a way to get it done. And something else that I wanted to talk about, you know, we discussed the line combinations for this game. And for the most part, I was cool with pretty much everything they did. I personally would have had Morgan Barron in this lineup and probably scratched either Hunt or McKaig, probably McKaig. Um, but the Rangers didn't do that. They went with the same lineup as much as they could, at least, from the last game that the Rangers obviously won against the Montreal Canadiens. But during this game, there was quite a lot of line juggling going on by Gerard Gallant, and I'm usually against this idea. I like the idea of just giving guys time to gel together, time to find that chemistry, time to find that scoring touch, not trying to reinvent the wheel just because there's one or two lackluster shifts. But in this game, and also given the, the way that the Rangers have played so far this season, just struggling to create a whole lot of offense, I think it was absolutely warranted to kind of juggle the lines a little bit. I mean, they changed line combinations so much that it almost wasn't worth keeping track of, you know, at a certain point. Um, but toward the end of the game, this is the big one. Uh, they did what so many of you have told me that you are wishing that the Rangers would do, and that was they super stacked the top line. They went with Mika Zibanejad centering Artemi Panarin on the left wing and Chris Kreider on the right wing. I have kind of resisted this, at least up until this point, simply because I don't really like the idea of stacking the top line and having nothing left for the rest of your lines. But in a game like this, where scoring opportunities and really any kind of, you know, offensive possession, time spent on Toronto's side of the ice, I mean, there was nothing. The power play was completely abysmal in this game. There was just absolutely nothing going on offensively for the Rangers. So I think in tonight's game, it 100% made sense to go with Mika and Panarin and Kreider on that top line together. And I'm going to be very, very curious to see if the Rangers line up the same way on Thursday against Nashville. They got a couple of days to decide what they want to do there. The Rangers are off on Tuesday. They are off on Wednesday. But given the fact that, you know, those three played pretty well together, obviously Panarin and Mika linked up for the uh, the game winner, which might have happened anyway, because by that point, it's three on three overtime. But that line started to look good. And I do think the Rangers overall in the third period, after these lines were juggled a little bit, they started to play a little bit better. They started to at least spend some time on Toronto's side of the ice. There weren't a ton of scoring opportunities, but they at least, you know, 
reduce the amount of tilt that there was to the rink. I mean, I, th I think we can at least agree on that, that the third period was at least a little bit better than the second period, and that also coincided with the Rangers obviously making some line alterations. But I will say this. This is a thought that kind of occurred to me during the second intermission here, and it's not exactly the most positive thought I've ever had watching the New York Rangers, but... My idea going into the third period was that the Rangers' best, if not their only chance to win this game, was going to be if Igor Shesterkin just continued to basically be a human cheat code out there, which he did, and if the Rangers somehow were able to keep this game tied at 1-1, which they did, and you could escape your way into overtime, you've already got a point at that juncture in the game, and then it's three on three in the overtime, which is a crapshoot, and it's anybody's game at that point. And if you go scoreless for the five minutes of the overtime, then you're going into a shootout, and that's really a crapshoot. And the way Igor Shesterkin was playing last night, I would have liked the Rangers' chance in a shootout as well. And I'm almost always, you know, a very positive Ranger fan. I try to be glass half full while still being objective on this podcast. But going into the third period, that was my thought. It was just keep this game tied, let Igor Shesterkin keep you know, making magic between the pipes there, and we escape our way into the overtime period. We already get one point. And honestly, you know, obviously that was a, a pulse-pounding overtime period, and you really want to see the Rangers pull it out and win this game and get the two points. But by then, I wasn't even being greedy. In a way, I felt like the Rangers had already won simply by getting this game into the overtime because you get one point for getting the game to OT, and at that juncture of the game, I think that's probably already more than the Rangers probably deserved in this one. But again, they hang in there. They find a way. That's what good teams do. And they uh, get the second point in the overtime with the heroics by Zibanejad and Panarin. I also know that a lot of people were really disappointed with the New York Ranger power play tonight. And to be fair, you're right. If you, if you have issues with what the Rangers did on the man advantage in this game tonight, then I hear you loud and clear. Uh, I will say this, though, in the slight defense of the man advantage, uh, just kind of hang in there with them because right now, you know, you look at the Rangers' second power play unit, it's basically a bunch of guys who would not even be out there if everybody was healthy uh, in this game tonight. And I don't know, maybe they made a couple of adjustments as the game went on, but I know they started with this quintet as the second power play unit. You had Jacob Truba, Nils Lundqvist, Dryden Hunt was out there, Philip Hedl, and Sammy Blay. And when everybody's healthy and everybody's at full strength, I don't know that Jacob Trua plays on either power play unit. He wasn't when the Rangers were at full health earlier this season. Dryden Hunt, I don't think there's any way he would be out there. And I'm not even so sure about Sammy Blay. I mean, you could make an argument for Blay because he's looked good at times, uh, looks to have more offensive skill than a lot of people may have realized. And I think as a big body in front of the net, he could kind of play the Kreider role on the second power play unit. But you get the idea here. This is not the uh, prime go-to second power play unit. This is just the Rangers trying to piecemeal everything together with the injuries to Ryan Strom and Capo Caco. And it also just makes you realize how important both those guys are to this team. And it also makes you realize that you have to keep your fingers crossed that nobody else gets hurt because this is just two players out of the lineup. And already, I mean, you really, really feel it. You really feel their absence. And, uh, you know, the Rangers just having to grind their way to some wins as they did tonight. And to just kind of put a bow on this win for the Rangers, there was a joke that Steve Valakat made during the second intermission, I want to say. Uh, you know, he was there. Obviously, Henrik Lundqvist was there. And he was talking about, you know, the job that Igor Shesterkin had, had done thus far in the game for the New York Rangers. And he started to say, I think that this period by Igor Shesterkin is the best period that we've seen from a New York Ranger goalie ever. 
And obviously that got a big laugh. You know, him and Henrik Lundqvist were yucking it up together. Again, those two, they're a great tandem. I, I really like what we're hearing from Henrik Lundqvist and Steve Valakut, but that was really, really funny. And as he was saying it, I'm thinking like, all right, well, he's going to say that this is the best period that we've seen a New York Ranger goalie play this season. And it was after the second period, so it absolutely 100% was. But then obviously Valakut just joking around takes it a step further and, uh, you know, says it's the best period that any Ranger goalie has ever played. I think uh, Henrik Lundqvist might have something to say about that. But yeah, again, you know, just cannot say enough about the job that Igor Shesterkin did in this game. What was his final total here? I don't even know if I've given the uh, final shots and saves. Uh, let's see. Igor Shesterkin, 40 saves on 41 shots. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, again, just sensational. And like I said, I'm already running out of adjectives to describe uh, his play thus far this season. That's going to pretty much do it for today. The only other thing that I want to mention here, the Rangers going to be back in action on Thursday at the Nashville Predators. And normally, you know, the team wins a couple days in a row. I'd like to see them get right back out there, keep the momentum going, all that good stuff. I think given the style of game that the Rangers have played, these have been two tough low-scoring, grinded-out games that your goalie basically stole for you in both instances. So I think in this case, despite the fact that the Rangers have won two in a row, not the worst thing in the world that they've got two days off here. A little bit of time to kind of regroup, catch their breath a little bit, and uh, get ready to take on a pretty good National Predators team in their barn on the road, a tough place to play at 8 o'clock this Thursday. Definitely looking forward to that, and uh, we will continue to obviously talk some New York Ranger hockey as this week progresses here. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to have part two of a very special crossover edition with Rachel Donner of Locked On Philadelphia Flyers. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available on all platforms.